Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander and this is Native in Tech. We're covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 154, recorded on June the 7th, 2021. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on nativeintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. This episode is the first of several discussions we're planning on the topic of community. Today, we are talking to Tomasz Kastrun, a data platform MVP from Slovenia. And we are joined now by Tomasz Kastrun. Welcome to the show, Tomasz. Thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be on the show with you guys. So, I know who you are. Simon doesn't know very much who you are. And could you please tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and in a way, why you do it? Oh, that's a great opener icebreaker so why do i do it because i love it so the community work the sql the data science everything this is what basically drives me what just you know a passion i like so this passion basically defines who i am um what do i do and why do i do it why do i do it because i love it so you're you're a data platform mvp out of slovenia correct Yes, that's true. Yeah, I'm coming from Slovenia. I'm the Microsoft um, data platform guy. But, you know, my passion is SQL Server, Azure, machine learning, data science, you know, all those things meshed together. That's, that's a pretty wide area of responsibility. Did you, as, as I did, come up through the SQL Server um, community, so to speak? Yes, yes, yes. Most, you know, most of it, yes. There were some, you know, bits and pieces from, let's say, you know, statistical world or, or statisticians or data science. Back then, we used to call it just statistics or, or data mining. But, you know, it was also back then SQL Server, I know, Azure. So, yeah. It's always interesting to have a conversation between data scientists and statisticians because... <laughs> it gets messy pretty quickly. They're doing basically the same yes. thing, but do not tell them that because they go bananas, especially the statisticians. Yeah, usually statisticians, they have some math background and, um, you know, data scientists. Don't. They tend to have, but they, yeah, they don't. <laughs> yes, they just, they just study, you know, a couple of packages from, you know, R, Python, Scala, Julia, whatever, and then they just dive in and say, yeah, yeah, I'm a data scientist. And it, surprisingly, so the, the issue with that, and I, I see the same thing in SQL Server, people not learning the basics. You can get away with a lot, but you might not necessarily understand why something happens. And as long as you're still on the track, that's fine. If something goes off the track, you're up shit creek without a paddle because you don't know what's happening. And that's, I think it's too... Two viewpoints on the same thing. Do you start with the basics to learn and understand what you're doing? Or should you start with a business problem so you can make a dent in that business problem from the get-go? I think that's two ways of approaching the same issue. And I think we we had a discussion before we started this recording on, on age, and we'll get back to age. But I think that's one of the biggest differences I see between myself and Alexander as an example, because Alexander is old enough to actually have been grown up with the basics. And I just flew in when he was done with everything basic and just started to learn to apply that. So that's 
what I see as one of my downsides as a technician, that I have never had the need to understand the real basics of computing because I'm young enough to have like my first PC were a Pentium 3 900 mega hatch with a DVD drive. <laughs> that says a bit about my age. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> I, I think Alexander and, and yourself, Tomas, had very different computers growing up. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yes, that is entirely <laughs> true. And but I, I do think that you're uh, you're bringing up a great point, Simon, because I had to learn the basics. I started with the the um, Commodore sixty four, and then I went to the the original eighty eighty six PC, and I, I needed to understand the basics in order to get anything done because we we didn't have all mm -hmm. the fancy stuff that we do today. Does that mean that I have a better grasp of today's problems? Maybe, maybe not. I have a more complete grasp, perhaps, uh, but that may or may not change the outcome. But it also brings home the point that we're we're going to come to age in the community. So we're all in agreement that the community is changing. But mm -hmm. what does change mean? And how do we separate change simply because the fact that it is built by people and people by definition change from a movement in the sentiment, if you will, in the whole community thing. Are, are you grasping what I'm trying to, to get to? Definitely. So um, the change, you know, people with the basics, as Simon said, um, and, and people, let's say, that just jump in on the boat, or there might be the, 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 the age gap, so to say. But um, I would also say that, you know, with this age gap, there, there also comes responsibility for people who are just jumping in and, and not understanding the basics. And this is where, you know, how basically people in the community can, I, I, will, I will not say divide, but I will say that, you know, a lot of new people coming in community might not know about the basics that, you know, people beforehand, you know, had to deal with, which doesn't mean that they are much better or, you know, respectively, but... It's just, you know, we, we, we used to grow up with, first you learn basics and then you, you know, proceed. Whereas the new generation, the, the younger generation, they just, you know, they just go on internet and learn something and they just, bam, they're on board. And th th this was a nice um, <laughs> retrospective because I remembered also, you know, when I was younger, you know, there was no, first of all, no internet. There was just, you know, some few books that were available and you would go on and, and start, you know, you just, I, I remember, was it Basic or Pascal or Assembler, that I had one book that I basically learned by heart because there was no other books. Mm -hmm. And this is what basically just, you know, this was, these were the fundaments of what initially became the community, you know. You had one book and you started to, you know, tell the others, you share the code, you share, you know, how you solve this problem and stuff like that. And nowadays it's, you know, just the opposite. So would you say that there is a difference between the applied knowledge when it comes to imparting that and the basic knowledge and where it is the divide between the two? Yeah, yeah, we, we can say that, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, if, if again, 
bringing age into perspective is that you know or maybe time or, or how the technology changed so i've just used like three different aspects of it um you know sometimes we just forget about that you know the basics how you know people tend to go on board you know you know it takes ages you know to you know just absorb you know that amount of information or get familiar with the product and and you know nowadays it's just bam 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 and um people get on board people start you know immediately this is new this is new this is new just like you know all the basics are you know yeah, we can just forget about that but then you can see that all these changes are sort of reinventing itself again and again and again with new people on board with new technologies so yeah yeah definitely and i think that goes also back to like age from a community perspective and how that have changed and and like the basics because what I feel and uh, would be really interesting to know if you, you see the same thing within your areas of expertise that when I started off attending community events, there were quite a lot of focus on the basics, how to install things, why you set up things in a certain way. You learned the foundations of the technology that I use every single day today. But over time, I think people started to see, okay, my role models, they spoke about this when I started off in IT. So if I want to be a part of the community, I need to be as good or better. So we, it like all the time, increase the bar or make, like create harder and harder sessions. We now expect a session that is a technical session to be at least level 300, 400. I've seen like level 500, level 600, because we always expect more and more and more, which leaves a gap in the beginning where we don't, from a community point of view, talk that much about the basics. And therefore, it's harder, in my opinion, to get into the community. You can possibly learn technology by like the available resources from Microsoft or any other vendor, but you don't get the community touch on that since it's not nice or hard or complicated enough. So I think that's also a, a challenge that not may not be part of age, but more, as you said, part of time and how quickly we are now moving in the technology sphere. So is that something you have seen within the, the data community as well? So what I'm hearing here, I need, I need to ask you this. You're basically saying that one of the reasons, if you will, for the, the community in being in the state that it is, it's basically the community's own fault because the community mm -hmm. as a concept is constantly moving uh, the goal, so to speak, and moving it away yeah. from the basics. That there was a very, of, very interesting viewpoint. And I, yeah. I totally agree. I, I hadn't thought about it that way. No, There are plenty of conferences that do not accept anything lower than level 300. I know. And and then you expect everyone who attend that to be level 300. And therefore you only increases the gap between the beginners and the ones that have been part of the community for just a few years. And that in the long run makes it rather uninclusive. But I would also argue that basics does not necessarily mean level 100 or 200 no. i i can do a level bob ward 
which is a very high <laughs> level on data modeling, but it's still yeah. the absolute fundamentals of, of mm -hmm. data. So Simon, you're saying that the, the technology or you know, the, we, we've moved the bar so high that it's literally impossible for new people mm -hmm. to just jump on board with level 100. Yeah, I, I would say so, because I also feel that there is a vital difference between the content you're presented from Microsoft or Amazon or whatever compared to community content on the same topic. And I think that's essential to remember that you may learn the same technology, but in two very different perspectives. And if you miss out on the community perspective for the basics, I think you are missing out on some really vital learnings. Yeah, we all know the, the name Katrina Wilhelmsen. She yeah. has made her name on, on only talking the basics. She has talked mm -hmm. the basics when it comes to SSIS and, and BIML. And now these days she's predominantly working with Azure Data Factory. And she does advanced stuff as well, but her meat and potatoes, if you will, the, the, the big stuff that she does is introduction to Azure Data Factory, a whole day of introduction to Azure Data Factory. Mm -hmm. It is extremely good. And it is almost, uh, she's almost alone in the community doing that kind of stuff. So I, I mm -hmm. totally, when the more I think of it, the, I, I have to agree, Simon, that it is, it's, it's the community's own fault, if you will, that we're in this state, which also means that it is the com up to the community to to sort itself out. But I wonder if talking about the community is like talking like about the market. I, I'd like to punch the market in the face if I ever were to meet them. But does the community understand the intrinsic issues that it is creating, do you think? No, I don't think so. Probably not, yeah. I think we we like the community that we are seeing in IT and now I I, I may change this when I listen to this episode <laughs> at a later date. But I think IT, like like you said, Tomas, that we had a very we have we have a fairly old community because it was kind of inapproachable. At the beginning so we had to create a strong community to learn to grow as like it professionals and and that means that we are likely in many cases models for other modern communities but we are now also influenced by them and by saying that i'm also getting into one of the things i really don't like by community and that's so-called influencers where I have a very negative view of what an influencer is. That may be because the Swedish influencers are not part of the community I belong to. So what Simon is uh, saying not, is that he doesn't want to do YouTube uh, wearing scanty clothes and, and driving fast cars. That's that's what I'm hearing. Just to... <laughs> Driving fast, I'm all for, but I would like to talk about conditional access by doing so. Well, um, that's an interesting isn't, isn't idea. Isn't PewDiePie Swedish? <laughs> yeah, or... <laughs> it is. But, but like, I think that's... I think what being part of the community is, or 
what we interpret as being part of the community really has changed and we are not seeing it because we are part of that movement and I'm not certain if it's changing for good. And I, I, I'm not that old, but I may have started to become old in the game. So I, I can be grumpy. I think I'm allowed to be grumpy now after over 10 years in the community. But I, I don't like where this is going. And that's why I tend to prioritize certain kinds of conferences, certain kinds of user groups, certain kinds of speakers, which may be new, but are presenting in a way that I feel is valuable to the community. So the younger generation you see, generations you see more like influencers versus the older generation you would, generation of people you would see more like, you know, those tables with the basics pushing the bar. Yeah, I, yeah, I think both that the people that's been part of the community for a longer time either tend to go very, very, very high up the levels in very hard content or like Katrina do the basic and does it very, very well. They are there not to be influencers, but rather to be mentors or role models or things like that. And then there are certain people that haven't been part of the community for too long or just have picked up the way that you can be in the community, which focuses more on, which I intentionally will be talking about later this week, the brand itself, where the brand and, and building a name and, and doing whatever it can be while still pushing like the, the, the learnings from a product, but the focus is more about being part of the community because they want to be part of the community than being part of the community to contribute to the community. And I think that that is a very important point. And it's also a bit of a contentious one because everybody has different motivations. Some mm -hmm. are completely unselfish. They're, they're just in, in this because it is so much fun to share. Some are using the community as a tool to further their own brand. Now, the outcome may very well be the same for the others in the community. They, they may get first-class learning and first-class information, but one would think that the, the unselfish way of doing things is the proper way. But it also brings me to an interesting thing that I've, I've come to realize. I, I, I started flying gliders back in 2000, and I, I stopped flying 2004 for reasons but back then the the club the flying club that I'm, I'm a part of was founded in the 40s and in essence for every hour you spent in the airplane you did six or seven or eight hours on the field cutting grass painting barns whatever just doing the work and that was that was implicit you did this that's just part of the the, the thing now I'm back flying again after 15, 16 years. And the old guard, the people who are now in their 70s and their 80s, they still have this mentality. And they are viewing the, the, the new people, which I'm actually part of now, with suspicion because it's not that obvious for us. Why should we do this? We should do this just because that's the way it is done. And I'm, I'm starting to see the same kind of movement in the community. Maybe it's because my eyes are getting old. 
that this has always been the case, or it is a new movement. But it's again, it's back to different motivations and different mentalities. Um, what are your views on on that? I think giving back is the the, the point here that you know, regardless of the age, at one point you start giving it back. So the thing is just you know how to get new people on board. And I always say you know every time you you search Stack Overflow, you know, quote unquote, or you know any kind of SQL forum, you know, every time you go there and you find an answer, there was somebody else in behind, you know, writing that, either in free time, in spare time, learning, you know, ages and ages, sorry, time, years and years of experience, you know, just giving you back that answer that you needed. And I think it's it's the proper way is, you know, how to give it back or just to have this idea, this concept that, you know, if we don't, or if we don't engage younger people, not by influencing, not by building brands, but just, you know, playing, giving it back, where you basically started or started learning, is the key concept of what Alexander is saying about, you know, <laughs> keeping the grass green, mowing the grass, you know, doing all this work, you know. And I think this is the, the, the how, the my view of the community, actually. Would you say that your view is the majority view, or would you say that you're in a minority view these days? Hmm. This is something I would wanted to discuss that with you. <laughs> What's your opinion on that? You know, I, I don't. I am into this. You know, rock stars, superstars, people, which is totally fine. But you know, sometimes, you know, as Simon said, you know, building a brand or, or being an influencer. It's just, you know, sort of like, you know, taking part of the community and just, you know, diverting it to your YouTube channel or to your blog or to your website and then trying to sell more and more stuff, which is fine. But still, the community is something, you know, defined that, you know, you do something for free because you, you're passionate about it, because you want to, you know, just to help the others learn something new, even if it's the basics, even if it's 500 level doesn't really matter so it's just you know giving back is the concept maybe i'm minor in, in in minority don't don't know but the way i see it in my country is that you know if there is no initial um output or you know result that would be you know beneficial for somebody this person will there's you know less chance for this person to sort of give it back to community it can be in a term of a, a you know user group meetup or, or writing a blog post, writing an article, you know, a sense in that kind of way. It can also be YouTube, but YouTube we all know it 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 gets monetized, monitor, ah, you get money, monetized. <laughs> How do say yeah. mon money, monetized? Thank you. So you get monetized YouTube, which is again, you know, we do it actually for free just to, you know, help others get on board and, and understand, you know, their problems, their views, exchange, get some new information, learn something new. So, And, and, and just before someone gels from the other side of wherever they're listening at, the, okay, so you are doing this completely of unselfish reasons. And I, I just want to make that very clear that, of course, there are 
a lot of things that I love about being part of the community and being as fortunate as I've been in traveling around the globe, meeting people, experiencing some awesome things and, and like all of that. So of course there are benefits. I don't think anyone is doing this just because they want to and do not expect at least to have any kind of feedback like being able to to go to mvp summit if you're an mvp or just getting those applauds when you're done at at the user group or whatever it can be i think there was always a, a part selfishness in that of course so i'm in but at the same time i haven't done anything of what i've done to really become a name I want what I do to be appreciated for what it is, not because who I am, even if that's added to it to some extent. Um, and I think the the question that you like, if you're minority or a minority, I think I think that's a very very hard question. I um, I think that goes back to what is the community? Who do we actually count? Are we only counting the public contributors like the ones that like ourselves are more known for what we do or do we actually count everyone who's part of the community which are hundred times larger a larger community than just the speakers and um i i wouldn't dare to say that either is a majority or a minority today i think that for like obvious reasons, there is a larger group of new members of the community than there are older members of the community and not counting age. It's more about how long you've been in the community because the industry has grown so tremendous over the years we have been in it. Uh, and I'm not really certain if, again, <laughs> we are three old grumpy people. <laughs> uh but I do think that we we see now in in the light of COVID or in the dark of COVID, depending on your viewpoint, that a lot of people are questioning what has the community evolved into. And I think that's something we can talk about in another episode as well. But I think it's a very, very hard question. I'm I'm sure it is. And since we're basically in the the dare of it, if you will. Uh, if if you look at the um, the change over time, it's going to be um, some kind of function, right? But we are at one point, and it is extremely difficult to discern the shape of the entire function from just one point. So we we're pretty much sitting in a very small space and having a lot of opinions about something that may or may not be representative facts in six months or, or two years. But uh, I, I keep hearing the same thing. Something is on, something is happening in the community, but nobody seems to be able to kind of pinpoint what it is more than it, it is a feeling. And what I'm always curious is, is this new? Or is this something that every generation, if you will, will go through? Because again, everything changes. It's not the same today as it was yesterday. It's not the same as it's going to be tomorrow. Is that just part of the change or is something really going going away? And I'm not entirely sure that we can answer that, but it, it sure does feel funny. 
Yes. It feels funny. That's very well said. Um, and I think that the change has, you know, the technology and the time has to do a lot with, you know, how the community changes as well as the age. We've discussed that at the beginning. Um, and again, you know, how will this evolve? Hmm. This is also something that we can discuss and also how to get, you know, new people on board. This is also something that I would like to you know, ask everybody, you know, how to get people engaged actively, you know, or as a volunteer or as a, you know, contributor, as a writer, doesn't really matter as long as you get this feeling that, you know, community is there not only to get something out of it, also to, you know, return something back yeah and, and we're back to the whole motivation point of thing what's in it for me because at mm. the end of the day i have to get something out of anything i do in order for it to be worthwhile for me and it, it may be mm. as simon said the the feeling of of accomplishment when i get an applause or these just couple of thank you notes it is worth so much or it may be something else and, and that is definitely a conversation that I am looking forward to having with the two of you in another of these uh, episodes. I don't think we said that from the beginning no. because um, we <laughs> no. want to do a <laughs> we number. We go straight into it. Yeah, we want to do a number of of community related episodes. So um, you're you're gonna you're gonna hear more of, of Thomas. I'll I'll say that. But mm. one thing that I've been thinking about: the community is people, right? But the community mm -hmm. is also. It kind of revolves around technology. And with SQL Server, it's been around for ages, like 30-odd years. Take Power BI, for instance. The darn product is just five and a half years old. That means, by definition, that the community is younger. And I have one foot in the SQL Server community and one foot in the Power BI community. And I can definitely see a pretty pretty distinctive difference between the two communities and how how people approach solving problems even though i mean we're still going to see the same behavior but the the number of people going back to the basics in power bi are few and far between it's always how do i solve this specific and very very specific problem and not so much how should i think about this concept um What's the state of your side of the fence, Simon? Because you're on, you're you're the the odd one out here. I, I think that I think the 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 difference is that if you compare your technologies, SQL Server is as old as you are, Alexander, and, and Power BI is as old as I am, basically. You heard it here first. Uh, but if you then look at my community where config manager or SCCM is it's now getting fairly old, but it's still a very much evolving product. I I would guess that config manager gets a lot more love and new features than SQL Server does. Because there aren't any replacement for config manager in practice but you can go for Azure SQL with SQL Server or things like so. 
On the other hand, you have Intune or Microsoft Endpoint Manager, the new modern thingies, but where we, inside of our device management community, very much are still struggling with finding what should we focus on. Because from, from a product group point of view, Config Manager is close to as important as Intune still, because it's still a very successful product, which 85% of the world's organizations rely on. Um, but from a Microsoft wider point of view, Intune is more important, or MEM is more important, because that's the future. That's where they will earn more of their money in the long run. And that, of course, affects the community. So I think my community is more driven by the market, sort of, than Power BI is. Because Power BI is something fairly new. It's not trying to replace anything that Microsoft already had. So I think it's a difference, but I definitely see that struggle sometimes within the community where we we want still want the same, like my former colleagues, uh, Joanne and Michael, they've been delivering basically the same session, not the same content, not the same version, but the same gist of a session since I started in the community. And it's still very successful. And I don't think that is this really the same thing within many other communities. Um, did, did I hear you correctly here? I, I heard you said your community being more market-driven. And I'm, I'm sure we may or may not be talking about the same thing because I, I see the SQL Server community, it's more of a technical community. It's, it's more tech-oriented. And sure, we're, we're using the tech to solve problems, but it's more the tech that is solving problems. And the Power BI community I see is more like the business needs to find a solution. And Power BI seems to be the perfect tool. So in, mm -hmm. in my view, that's what I think of when I hear uh, market-driven, so to speak. Are, are we meaning the same thing or not? I, I think we are, but I think I'm referring more to marketing-driven ah, from ah, Microsoft. I see, I see. But I, I, again, you're right on the spot. Since Power BI isn't trying to replace really anything obvious. So it's it's fulfilling new needs that may have been much more complicated to do previously, whilst Intune do a lot of new things, but it also complements or replaces a lot of things that Config Manager does and are still doing. So it's a not a new product as such. It's still trying to solve a similar but now evolving business problem, especially during COVID. And Power BI is fulfilling a need that may not have been as obvious or as easy to grasp as it were a while back. And I like you don't see that many sessions for in tune for users, but you for sure see a lot of user focused Power BI sessions. So, what's your take on this, Tomas? Would you agree that the SQL Server community is is more technically focused than? the newer technologies, if you will, or is that something that you you would not agree with? That's a, um, yep, a nice way to put it. Um, I think the 
product life cycle has to do also something here with because you know you have like monthly updates so it's constantly something new it's really you know marketing something is new oh we need to see this we need to see that whereas you know with sql server it was like let's say five years product life cycle then three years now maybe two three COVID has changed something some of it and what i would like to see is more yeah it's it's it is much more technical because there's I believe much more tech to be discussed, you know, when 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 it comes to SQL Server versus Power BI. But then again, um, Power BI is much more, you know, privileged to have this nice user interface. You know, you get a lot of beautiful graphs. You know, just a couple of clicks, drag and drop. Whereas with SQL Server, you have to have to have actually a beautiful use case if you want to you know give it a nice presentation of the product of the code of what it is capable of doing so i think you know those are definitely two different spectrums but my take would be you know maybe as a question you know how do you see that um people who are attending or people who are part of that community had changed or are if they are in any ways different. I I'm so happy you asked that question because it's it's been swing around swinging around in the back of my head. And this may be stereotypical and I'm I'm terribly sorry for that, but <laughs> the way I see it and and ah, here we go. So the SQL community, I see those as predominantly my kind of of nerds, if you will. It is technically oriented people that enjoy the tech, maybe not all the way down to bits and bytes, but it's all it's it's definitely cool when you figure something technical out and, and tune a query or whatever. They have been in, in many, many ways the technical outcasts, and this is nothing to do with, with SQL Server, but the technical community per se, the the persona or the identity was for a long mm. time the the outsider the the weird kid in in class hi i was one of those the power bi community coming from the the business side of things in many ways it came to the party wearing a nice jacket and a tie they and they and or or we depending on who you view it in a way that is a different kind of crowd. It is not focused on the cool tech. It is more focused on solving problems. So in that way, I think it is two different kind of people. And I also think that because of that, since a lot of the technical people, especially growing up, felt that they were um, outside, they, they were outside, they were outcast in a, in a way, they more easily congregated into safe spaces which the community has been if you were a white male if you were a woman that's a whole different kettle of fish and that is something for another discussion but i'm not entirely sure that i see the same default behavior in the more business-oriented uh, crowds and again I, I may be totally stereotypical and i am terribly sorry not sorry I, I think that we as many other, and now I'm going to use 
my absolute worst word again, influencers of the community are expected to be spending more time with other members of the community, that we are expected to be more approachable now than we were a number of years ago. I can't really say why, but but I do think that that's the case. And I, and I, for one, want to be approachable. I would love for more people to reach out just spontaneously. And, and I do my absolute best to always reply, regardless of what it is. But I think that many others in the community as well feel that they get overwhelmed by people asking them to do things for free. And when you go from appreciating free community content to demanding or requiring, then we also have a very dysfunctional community. That I totally agree with. And as always, whenever we have a conversation about anything, time just flies. So, Thomas, do you have any final uh, points to make today before we wrap this episode up and we will have more episodes so don't worry about that i would just wrap you know what simon said that you know doing someone else's homework is not community this should be done you know by people helping out and, and giving directions mentoring this is a beautiful way to rephrase and reframe the work so yeah this is my that that was a great statement. Doing somebody else's homework is not community. Fantastic. And that is it for today. We managed to stay within the allotted time-ish. I'm kind of surprised. But hey, we'll learn someday. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for all of you being on this discussion. I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the next time. And until next time, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Knee Deep in Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Abitzon and Simon Binder. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at kneedeepintech.com.